Welcome to the Sally in the Zen podcast. I'm your host, Sally. I'm a Zen Buddhist caregiver, and I thank you so much for joining me in my pursuit to find Zen moments in everyday living. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you very much for joining. And if you're not new, you're returning. Glad to have you again. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays out of the whole entire year, the second being Thanksgiving. And I remember when I was younger, Halloween was all about staying at home, watching horror movies. And I did that regularly, like with mom. And it became a tradition where the week or so leading up to Halloween, we would just binge watch uh, movies and the classics like Friday 13th, uh, Freddy Krueger, Oh my gosh, Halloween, Halloween 1 before it spun off to so many Halloweens. I don't even know where it ended, like Halloween 7000 or something. But now for that one, side note, Halloween 1 will always be the classic. You can't, you can't top that. But as I got older, that kind of waned because it just became more gory, became more of what it is nowadays. I think the suspense of how they did the movies back then, the suspense, the music. That's what made it really, you know, thrilling and scary and altogether really fun to watch. So for this year in the spirit of Halloween, I have a story that I wanted to share. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So in the days of when Pop was growing up, stories were... Of course, uh, handed down mouth to mouth, story by story. And by the time the story reached his ears, and by the time it reached mine, of course, the details are a little different. So you can say, generally speaking, those kind of passed down generational stories are kind of vague on the details. So just keep your ears and mind open. The story goes that... There was a village, a fishing village, and in the water was a creature, a monster. People laid eyes on it, terrified, ran away. It was huge. It was a monster that these fishermen, they made their livelihood fishing in that same water. But they couldn't do anything, couldn't go out to work because of that creature being in the water, attacking humans whenever they were courageous enough to get into the water. So because of that creature, nobody dared to get into the water. One day, a woman happened to walk through the village, and she was looking for a fisherman who would take her across the water to the island on the other side. Nobody dared except for one fisherman. The fisherman was an older fella. And he had warned her, she was young, she was fair looking, and he was like of a good heart and warned her that there was a creature in the water that anybody who goes into the water won't come out. And she insisted, gently insisted, that she needed to get to the island on the other side. So the old man thought, I'll do it. This this girl, I'll help her. He didn't have anything uh, at home. He was alone. He he was thinking, yeah, I'll go ahead and do this. I'll, I'll just take her 
for whatever reason that she needs to venture to that island across the water, I'll go ahead and do that for her. So he pushes out his little boat, an old boat, and she gets in, and he gets in, and they slowly push offshore into the water. Now the conditions of the water and the weather around the fisherman's village was wet. Rainy, cloudy, miserable all day round, and as the little boat made its way across the water, the fisherman observed that he wasn't getting rained on, and he's thinking to himself as he's looking towards the skies, "That's kind of strange. I'm actually dry, but it looks beyond wet and rainy." But strangely enough, in due time, they reached the other shore. They reached the island with no mishap. No creature coming out, and he's thinking, "Huh? Well, today's my lucky day." So the young woman climbs off, climbs out of the boat, thanks him, and makes her way into the island. And he stayed at the boat, but he watched her just go into the forest and disappeared. And he's thinking, "This island has nothing, no people, no village, no population." What in the world is she doing here? And he happened to look down, and he sees one of her slippers. It has to be hers. It's not his. It's a small, dainty little slipper. And he's thinking, "Uh oh, I need to go find this girl to give it back to her because it's no good without your shoe." So he climbs out of his boat, slipper in hand, and goes in the path that he saw her last. So he enters the forest, and he just follows his heart. He follows his intuition. He comes into a clearing that has a statue. It's a statue of her, and he's looking at the statue, just slowly peering closer. And he's like, "It looks like her, but it can't be her. It, it can't be her." And then he looks down at her feet, and one of her feet is bare. He happened. To put the slipper that's in his hand against the statue of the barefoot, and it took the slipper flowed out of his hand and into the statue. Now the statue he's looking at has two slippered feet. The statue, the young woman, was Guangying. Yes, that's her name, Guangying. Americans will say her name is Guangying, but my family we call her in our dialect Guangying. Guangying or Guanyin is Buddha. Guanyin was sent by God to take care of that creature in the water because of the kindness of the fisherman's、uh, heart to return her slipper. Reciprocity. She saw that the village was worthy to be saved because of his one kindness of thinking of her instead of himself. Where for one, he volunteered to take her across the way, even though he feared the monster, but he still did. He. Returned her slipper to her. All acts of kindness he proved worthy for his village to be saved. So what she did was turn away the creature. She raised her arms up, and the creature disappeared. From that time forward, the cloudy, wet weather disappeared. The sun was always out. Blue skies. Of course, fish flourished. The fishermen thrived. That village thrived. When Zen Master told me that story, 
Of course, my logical part of my mind is what village, what year did this happen? You know, all the logical details that you want to hear more about. You know, what street, where in China, what time of day is it? And he's more like, think about the, the heart of the story. That because of one man's compassion and thinking about others and not himself, he gave a chance of survival for his village, for the people, for the generations, because of an act of kindness. Now that's my story for Halloween. Let me know if you like the story. I'm lucky that I have Zen Master to tell me many of these folklores, and happy to share it and memorialize it with you guys. And now sit back for another treat. The traditional scary story time. As I said earlier in the podcast, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays of the year. The second being Thanksgiving. So what I really like, really, really like, are personal scary stories. The made-up fiction ones are fine. That's cool, but I find it so interesting when people actually have personal experiences and they're willing to share. I have. A few, but for tonight's purpose, I'll share one. Now let's set the stage. We're sitting around a campfire. Cold wind. The dark is all around us. It's slightly cold. And let's get into my story. So this begins in New York City. My auntie on my mother's side, my mother's sister,、uh, lives in New York City. Years and years and years ago, her mother-in-law lived with her and her husband. I never met the mother-in-law. I had no reason to meet her. She was living in New York City, and we were not. So one day, I happened to be visiting my auntie and my cousins, and we were going to her house. I think this was fresh. Maybe a few weeks, a few months, a handful of months when she had passed. When I happened to be up there visiting, for whatever reason,、uh, my my cousins were asking if I would be feeling her presence. If I would, if I see ghosts, and no, I don't usually see ghosts, but I do feel them sometimes. Sometimes, and. I think they were excited that I was going into their house to see if I could feel their grandmother. But I was there for a visit with my auntie because me and my auntie are close. We were in their car, in my auntie's car, and I had a feeling, a strange feeling, as if she was in the car with us. And I was thinking, why would she be in the car with us? And then it dawned on me that. Possibly when they were going shopping out and about around New York City, that was the car that the mother-in-law sat in, and I actually felt her presence. And I don't recall saying anything to anyone in that car at that moment. I'm trying to remember. No, I didn't say anything about that in the car when we were driving on the way to、uh, my auntie's home. The moment I walked into the house. We walked into the kitchen. It was like a pressure just suddenly descended on me. It was like an external pressure pushing against me all the way, you know, all around my body, and I immediately knew it was her.
it wasn't belligerent. It wasn't evil. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. It was just a tightening pressure the moment I stepped foot into the house. And my grandmother was there, and my cousins were there, and they were asking if I felt anything. I'm like, oh yeah, I felt something. But when we were going through the kitchen into the living room, each step that I took, the pressure became intense. And in my head, I was thinking, how do I get this woman off me? How do I tell her to bugger off? Because I'm not the reason why she passed on. I don't even know this woman, so there's no reason for her to to be hostile towards me. But I'm thinking, and I'm knowing this actually, that she's thinking I'm a stranger, an unwelcome stranger, into her house, and I was possibly trespassing. I kind of thought about that. The way it was just increasing, the pressure was increasing on me with each step I took. Now, it was at that time when I was thinking in my head, "How do I get this woman off me?" My grandmother, I think she was in her eighties at that time, came over to me and she said, "Go pay your respects to the mother-in-law." And Chinese tradition is this: we have an ancestor、uh, altar. We would put our family members on an altar. The picture would be there. We would light incense and pay respects and talk to them that way. She had one, and Grandma took me over to the woman's altar, and that's when it immediately just clicked on me. That was the the key to get her off me. So I lit the incense and I offered a prayer. For her, and as soon as I finished, as soon as I pushed the incense sticks into the incense holder, it went away. The pressure went away. It was just poof, gone. Now Chinese people、uh, do it differently, but from what I know from my father, who's a Zen Buddhist, when you pay your respects, when you just simply light incenses at an altar. And usually we do that to pray to Buddha. We do that every night. When you light incenses, it's an act of pure intention, open heart, open mind. You're not being malicious when you offer wishes, even though you want to go ahead and tell this woman, "Bugger off, get off me." But that wasn't the. That's not what you do. And what I did was just offer true intense, true feeling of rest in peace, woman. And that's how we pay our respects to the the deceased. And from the moment I did that, never felt her again. Even in subsequent visits into my auntie's house, never felt her. And what's interesting is these kind of things are like so really interesting to me because. I have a vivid imagination. It makes you wonder, like, what happened to her? Was was she still in the house, or if she's not, where did she go? You know, those kind of impossible questions that you can't ever get answers to. Pretty interesting to feel her there as well as the car, because that was my first time feeling that kind of、um, traveling spirit. Hard to say what I mean by traveling spirit, but. That's one of my stories, and hope you enjoyed it. 
If you have any questions or comments or any ideas for future episodes, just DM me on Instagram or swing by my blog, sallyinthezen.com and click on the contact page and let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. Depending on your question, maybe I'll feature it on a future episode and get you guys involved. That'd be pretty cool. I usually post weekly on Sundays on either my blog or on medium.com. And now with this podcast on every other Wednesday, you can follow me on Instagram uh, and Pinterest under Sally in the Zen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, subscribe to the podcast and spread the word. While you're at it, if you like, give me a rating and let me know what you think. Thank you so much for listening and joining me on my pursuit to find Zen moments in everyday living. Happy Halloween. Have a safe, happy Halloween.